I'm Sam. Thanks for listening to the Four Lead Podcast. The four is from my mother who passed away from Lou Gehrig's disease in 2018. And Lee is the name of my brother who passed away a year later. This all this podcast is all about learning through other people's challenges and how they got through them and learning from each other. Hopefully you hear something that can help you today or another day. Uh, today's episode is with Alvin. Alvin, please uh, introduce yourself. Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Alvin White. How you guys doing today? <laughs> so, uh, what's what's just you know? Sometimes people don't know who you are. Some will be your friends. Okay. What would so, you say about yourself? Yeah. So, right now I'm I'm working. I'm a comedian. Uh, not a full time comedian, more like a part time <laughs> comedian. You know, making jokes is hard. Uh, I was in the military for a while. Retired from the army. I did 22 years. And now I live here in Jacksonville. I know Sam uh, from the military, so you know he asked me to come on a podcast, and I agreed to it. And you know I appreciate the fact that he showed me some love to come over here and do the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, it. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Um, there, so I I find you like obviously we're friends, but I I find you to be like an interesting guy because you know you're in the military and now you're doing comedy. I know you ride motorcycles. What what was the transition like going from being in the military to doing comedy? So that's actually a funny story. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think everybody in the military, to some degree, is a comedian in some sort of way. Like every platoon, squad got some funny guy. Yeah. But it takes a lot of courage to get up on stage and do it in front of people. Mine started when I was stationed in D.C., you know, I was a squad leader, and all my team leaders used to say, hey, Sergeant White, you're pretty funny. You crack a lot of jokes. Yeah. So I took advantage of that one night, and I went to a open mic in Baltimore. And everyone was like, how long have you been doing comedy? Yeah. And I was like, this is my first time. Really? Yeah. So, so you they, went to, like, what was, like, an open mic five yeah, minutes or whatever? Yeah, open mic five-minute spot in Baltimore. And then I was like, I like it. And I was hooked. It was like taking a red pill and waking up in the matrix and just unlocking a new a, a new world because when you when you find out like different aspects of different lifestyles like it opens up your eyes to new possibilities that you didn't think that you would ever get a chance to see so it was definitely interesting you you use comedy as like a, a, a coping mechanism or an outlet for from life or yes yeah so for me personally Comedy is a is a coping mechanism. Um, you know, as a veteran, I go through a lot. Um, after being in the military for 22 years, I've been deployed, you know, several times. And, you know, with PTSD and, you know, mental health, I find comedy as like a, um, a remedy yeah. that helps uh, balance myself out. Because it puts me in uncomfortable situations where I can talk to people about some of the real world problems that I'm going with and just give it some humor so people can relate to me you know and most of the time it's funny so i enjoy it wow uh, what's what's like your go-to joke if you're if you're if you're called up and you're not expecting it what, what do you know is always going to get a laugh oh so so can i say anything on this you can Any, say whatever you want i can say yeah. whatever i want yeah. so like yeah. my 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 go-to joke is like um so i'm married uh to my beautiful wife sonia and she's german uh, she lives in. She lived in Germany, so you know we flew to Germany, and on the way back, you know it's an international flight, so it was double booked. 
And um, I don't know why they would double book a international flight. So the stu- the flight attendant was like, hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to ask some people to leave, but we're going to do this fair and orderly. We're going to do an alphabetical order. So I sat back down and my wife and I was like, we had nothing to worry about. Our last name is W. So she stood in the middle of the aisle in the front of the plane and she's like, all right, we're going to start with the A's. I need all the African-Americans to stand up. (laughs) (laughs) So me me telling this joke, yes, I am an African-American. So then then she said, um, I was like, oh, I don't like this. This sounds a little racist. So then she's like, we're going to move to the B's. I need all the blacks to stand up. If you're black... I need you to stand up and exit it. She's doing all the hand and arm signals that, you know, flight attendants do. And then I was still a little pissed. And my wife was like, what's wrong with this airline? So then she was like, we're going to move to the seas. I was like, yes, she's going to do Caucasian people. I was like, we're done as long as we stay seated. She's like, "Uh, I need all the colored people to stand up and move it up. I was like, oh, my God. So then she came and tapped me on my shoulder. And she was like, excuse me, sir, I believe you missed your letter. And I said, uh... No, 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 not today. You didn't get the N, and today I'm a nigga. So, <laughs> everyone laughs. White, black, Hispanic, Jew, straight, gay, everybody. You know, everybody laugh at that joke because it's just good, clean comedy. It's it's a good yeah. setup. Yeah. How, how did how did you how did that one come to you? Um. So it was all uh, semantics about standing in line, and um. So my my great grandmother she died in 2017. She was like 96. Okay. And Sorry for your loss. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. And you know she lived a, a long life, but she never said black or African American. She she grew up in a time when her grandmother was a slave and she called everybody colored, like it was either colored or Negro. So um, part of that joke came from her referring to people as colored because you don't hear anybody say that no more yeah. and I took it from apart from another joke of standing in line for welfare like you got all these black people standing in line for welfare that I use and then the African American part I added that and I thought about the concept of waiting and I said what if I do it on an airline you know and I, I just I just kind of pieced it together by accident and I just said it and it was just it was funny so that, that is funny <laughs> yeah what a lot of my jokes just come by accident. Yeah. Yeah, it's no, like, my dog. I have a racist white dog. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny. He, he does this little, you know, straight-legged Nazi walk. And I, I'm not trying to offend nobody out there. You yeah. know, this is just a joke. This is just a joke. Yeah, man. And, um, you know, he get in my car and sit in the front seat. And I'm like, hey, man, get in the back. He look at me and, like do this little head nod like hey you get in the back so, <laughs> and i'm like i buy your food you know so yeah yeah is a lot of is a lot of your jokes like race-based um no 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 i try to i try to keep all my jokes fair and open to everybody yeah. um every, every, equal, every, offender. Every, equal offender you yeah. know I, I don't like to offend one group all the time because like I, I black people, white people, Hispanic people, yeah. um, Jewish people, uh, European. It, it doesn't matter. Everyone is open because this is just jokes. None of this is true. It's just made to make you laugh and let your head down. And just... has anyone ever like gotten offended by something you said in the audience? 
Yes, yes, yes. Pretty, imagine going yeah, to a comedy yeah. show and getting offended. Yeah, so I got, I got kicked out of a comedy club. because what? Yeah, oh yeah. It was, it was like one time I got kicked out of a comedy club because I made a joke about the host. <laughs> oh yeah, I made it. It was, it was funny at the time, and yeah. I can't say her name for legal reasons because yeah. I found out. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, found, I, I found out. You know, afterwards the backstory. So I'll tell you. I what try happened. not to use anybody's. Yeah, name. Yeah, so we're no, not yeah. going to use anybody's name. So I did a a, a comedy show at this place, uh-huh. and the host. I said to the host, I was like, "Hey, you know, thank you for having me. You know, shout out to the host. You know, I was like, you look really good." You know, you must don't know. I like my women thick. You like two <laughs> scoops of vanilla ice cream. And, you know, it's a joke. Yeah, yeah, that's not too bad. Not too bad at all. Yeah. That's what I thought and everybody else thought. But after the show, yeah. she kicked me off the show because I kept going in. And then um, uh, one of the, somebody in the crowd tried to heckle me. And she was like, um, they stopped laughing after I made the joke about her with the ice cream. And then. Yeah. One of the crowd members said, um, we're not laughing because we don't like you. And that's a cue for me. When I get heckled, I already have, like, jokes in the pipe. Like, okay. a, like a round ready to go down range. And <laughs> so <laughs> I said to her, your mom don't like you. And everybody started laughing. I was like, your mom feels sorry she had you. And then people still laughing. I'm like, ah. I was like, your mom regret that she didn't have an abortion. And then... <laughs> And then that's when she got up on the stage and kicked me off. And then come to find out, this poor girl was a victim of a, of a rape. Oh. And I made a sexual joke at her expense with no ill intention but to be funny. And, you know, I felt bad afterwards because I didn't know. And you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And I just learned that today, you know, uh, from a... a me and my wife, we, we go to like uh, marriage retreats and yeah. couple building therapy. I, I believe every aspect of your life, you need some type of um, coaching. You know, yeah. you need a coach. And um, you played sports growing up, right? I did, yeah, yeah. So like um, every aspect of my life, I had like a coach. Yeah. You know, baseball coach, football coach, wrestling coach, uh, you know, military, you got your leaders, drill sergeant, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, mentors. Mentors. Yeah. So when you get married, you have mentors. You can use your parents if they get examples. And then sometimes they don't have the answers. You have to go outside and use other tools. And I'm, I don't know if that's a good segue to go from that joke to, you know, where I learned that from. But, yeah. I mean, seg- yeah. listen, yeah. So all roads lead yeah. to different spots, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, can, do you go to any counseling um, through the VA or anything? Like yeah. That? So for me, I like, dude, like I, I've been through some shit. I've seen some shit and, yeah. um, I see, uh, a VA counselor, um, uh, a therapist and I see a psychiatrist. So I see two counselors and I, and I go to marriage counseling to help with my wife with dealing with all my shit yeah. that comes along with it because it's a, um, it's a battle, man. It's a marriage is like marriage is like a let me see, what's the best way? Marriage is like an M two browning machine gun. <laughs> you know? It's like you gotta have all the parts together correctly, headspace and timing right, in order for it to work perfect. And no marriage is perfect. You always trying to improve it, yeah. make it work better, you know. I don't know if that's a good analogy for using that. 
brown and machine gun, but um, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a, a car engine, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah, a car engine. You have to put time into it. Yeah, yeah you yeah, got to yeah. change the oil. You got to yeah, clean exactly, it. Yeah, so, you yeah. Gotta, same, yeah, same concept. Yeah, it's a machine that you have to work on, so... Um, I, well, so I think that your self-awareness is impressive, right? Like, I think when you recognize that you're not flawless and you're working on your flaws, it says a lot about your character, right? Because everybody makes mistakes and it's so much easier to like make excuses for your behavior than to like address your behavior. Like, oh, you know, I did this thing because that happened, you know, and like, oh, feel bad for me and boohoo and stuff. Um, and it, it's super easy to fall fall into that you know and like you wouldn't really necessarily be wrong right you've seen a lot of stuff in your life like going down that but to know that you have that those i don't want to say shortcomings because i just think it's more like you you have you've had you know lived life i guess and like you're able to like adapt and overcome is pretty impressive thank you thank you I, i so i learned that from watching my parents mistakes and for them not uh doing what they were supposed to do yeah because I learned no one is perfect, so in the Army and in the military in general, you just learn what not to do, and I just learned what not to do, and whenever there's a problem, I just learn to fix it, even with myself. Um, thank you for recognizing that, my self-awareness. I never even thought about it in that perspective, that I have my own self-awareness, that I have like a, you know... I just seen it as like, okay, I got to get this taken care of, Yeah. you know, but I guess like when you look at it from the outside, that is, you know, good self-awareness. Oh, Thank it's you. incredible self-awareness. Yeah. I mean, dude, for, for years, like I had zero self-awareness. Really? Yeah. None. <laughs> and, and I would do these, these things. Cause like, it was like, oh, this person, you know, did that. So let me do this. And, and I'm justified because that was done to me. Right. Like, and it was always like, I was right. But like in my program or whatever they always say like keep your side of the street clean it doesn't matter what anyone did to you right it's how you react to it yes and when you when you learn that it doesn't mean that it happens overnight because like i'll still you know like i was in traffic today and i was upset you know but like it's like all right this doesn't really matter and so once you get a handle of of things that you know are out of your control and you just kind of accept it and you just try to be better than you were yesterday every day life gets easier it's not going to be the easiest thing ever like life is hard that's true like it's the the fact is life is hard and oh like, yeah and go ahead no i i don't mean to interrupt you no no you're fine i think it's that, your show that, man i'm yeah. just i'm just uh hosting <laughs> that goes back to the, what i said about coaching like you need somebody to help guide you through that if you yeah. get to a point where not to say you're stuck but you don't know what to do or you feel like you know you you could be doing better or you could be doing something else or why do I feel this way? That's when like counseling comes into play because, you know, that, that can help on, on many levels, you know, professionally, personally, spiritually, you know, mentally, physically, every aspect of your life, it definitely helps develop you. Well, you know, I hate, I hesitate, hesitate to use the word fortunate, but we are fortunate to have like the VA and stuff, which yeah. provides counseling and, yeah. and different things like that. But for people who maybe don't have the resource, cause that stuff is expensive. It is. Um, there's there's stuff that's available like 12-step programs yes or church groups yes um you know martial arts yes. i'm big into jiu-jitsu i yes. talk about it all the time uh, you know i know you do motorcycle riding i know yes. you work out yes uh what type of stuff do you do when you're when you're you know when you can't get the mic and get on stage and it's just you and your uh thoughts what do you get into so my biggest thing is physical fitness 
Uh, I have a physical regimen that I follow. Uh, I go to the gym every day. Mm -hmm. So I do cardio three times a week, pretty much like the uh, military, mm -hmm. because that helped keep me balanced. So like I, I do a run and then I work out. And then I work out and while I'm working out, I don't really think about anything but working out. I don't take my cell phone in the gym because it's a distraction for me. You don't listen to music? I do. I use oh. my Apple Watch. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was gonna say, like yeah. what, what's <laughs> No, I'm not that guy. I'm not that weirdo. <laughs> I'm not that weirdo right. in the gym just walking yeah. around. Um uh, side note, uh, and I don't know if you realize this, everyone in the gym that has on headphones, they don't really hear what's going on. And I had to fart in the gym one day. <laughs> <laughs> I took my headphones off and I let out this ass-ripping fart. It was so bad. I looked around to see if anybody heard it. Everybody's still working out. I was like, this is great. It's this, like being on an airplane. Yeah, this is America. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. As long as nobody walked by and smelled it, then we were good. That's crazy. So, yeah, yeah. But anyway, yes. Yeah. Working out is always, like, my go-to, man. Uh, on the weekends, me and my wife, we like to do something to decompress. And she goes to the gym with me. Yeah. And she, she's never been a gym person. But now she, she sees the value in it, how it lowers her stress. It controls her um, uh, blood pressure. It regulates, you know, everything. And I, I really like it. And on the weekends, we go do stuff. We, like, we might go to the beach. We might go to a park and walk our dogs. We have two chihuahuas. Oh, nice. Yeah. And um, the racist white one I told you about. Yeah. Yeah. So. We <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's not, a, that's not just a joke. That's a real. Yeah. That's yeah. A real that's a, that's a real animal. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. So we, we do have them. Um, I ride my motorcycle. I haven't ridden often because the not not necessarily the weather's been good, uh, hasn't really been good, but I do plan on doing an upcoming motorcycle trip. I want to go, you know, for all the motorcycle listeners out there, I want to go ride the Tale of the Dragon. It's very familiar to the Amalfi Coast, Italy. Okay. If you like a lot of curves, like the Amalfi Coast, Italy is approximately 20 miles. Yeah. And it has over 500 curves. Wow. Over How fast were you going on the So cars? the fastest I've went is probably like 65. Mm -hmm. um, and it's because like I, I would say I'm like a, 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 mi a medium middle type rider. Okay. I've seen guys. How long have you been riding for? Since I was 16. Oh. So I got my license when I was 21. And you're, you're only a medium, you think? Um, I feel like well, you're being humble there. So yeah. So the thing is, it's like, okay, so we'll put it in perspective. Yeah. So if a professional motorcycle rider is a 10, uh, uh, we'll say a 5. Okay. Okay? Professional is a 5. Yeah. Best of the best. Okay? I'm a 2. Really? I'm a 2, maybe a 3. Okay. Maybe a 3. You know? So what would you rank like a, a guy who just got his motorcycle license? 1. 1, okay. 1. How, one. Long, how long, how many years of riding until you get to a 2, 3 level? To get to a 2, 3 level, you, you need some training because what I find that is like a lot of Americans, yeah. they don't know how to take curves um, aggressive to the point where they put in the bike to the ground and they get the knee down so that they can go on the curve faster so that they break fast going into the curb, drop the bike down on the side, get the knee down, tight body position, lean over to the bike and then accelerate through the curve, you know, so you're on like an angle and accelerating? Yeah. Ah, so yeah, as soon as you, yeah. yeah. Then I'm, a, I'm still a one. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it takes a while. It really yeah. takes, like, I, I didn't learn how to do that. Yeah. Until probably my second year in Germany, 
The okay. first time I went, back in 2008. Ah, okay. Yeah, so I had a motorcycle my first time in Germany and my second time. So my first time in Germany, um, that's when I really learned because you have to take a lot of motorcycle training, as you know, in the military. Yeah. So in Germany, they do it on curves. Okay. It's very intense, and they teach you how to lean in the curves because you have to know how to protect yourself in the curve. Yeah. You know, so you do not run into a wall and you do not run into oncoming traffic. Because some people overtake the curve and they'll run into oncoming traffic. They'll undertake it and they'll run into the wall or the or the, uh, the guardrail. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big deal, man. Where, where do you grow up at? So I'm from Baltimore, uh, Maryland. Oh, you're from Baltimore? Yeah, I'm from Baltimore. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Ravens fans, Orioles. Ravens, yeah. Orioles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We used to have the Baltimore Bullets back in the day. The basketball team. The right? basketball team. And then they moved to Washington, and they became the Washington Bullets. And then they changed the name to the, the Washington Wizards, Wizards. Yeah. Because they said the Bullets was too violent, you know? You still, you still like the Wizards? No. So when the uh, Bullets left Baltimore, I became a New York Nets fan. I mean, yeah. uh, New, York, New, New Jersey. Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey. Was that when they had, like, Jason Kidd? Yes, yes. Yeah. That was my, yeah. I loved Jason Kidd. Kenya Martin. Yeah. Not in a homosexual way, but they... <laughs> Richard, Richard Jefferson. All those guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and I was a Bull fans too. That was my go-to team. And, um, but I was always a, a New Jersey Nets fan. Yeah, man. Baltimore. What about, your, do you have a hockey team? Um, no. I watched hockey uh, a few times in the Army. But the only thing I could tell you about hockey is... Like, growing up, everybody in my neighborhood had an L.A. Kings hat. And we all like Wayne Gretzky. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that's, 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 my, that's my knowledge of hockey right there. So what, what made you join the military? So um, I went to college straight out of high school. Yeah. I went to Morgan State University. And I went to college for a year and a half. I wanted to be a doctor because I worked at Johns Hopkins University in okay. Baltimore. Yeah. I worked in gastrointestinology, pathology. We did research on everything from oral cancer all the way down to anal cancer. You know, big focus was on uh, so you, colon you, cancer. You, you did a little ass to mouth? Yeah, ass to mouth. <laughs> you can use that. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> that's a plug for one of my jokes. Yeah, I'm, I'm here all week. <laughs> so then um, I was like, you know what? This is what I want to do because I did that for like three years and I love what I did to research. So I went to college as a, a pre-med student and I, you know, was going to do a bridge program with Johns Hopkins. And then my second semester, college just got boring, man. And I was like, you know what? Uh, this is boring. And I started partying. Okay. And then the third semester, I got put on uh, academic probation. And I was like, you know what? I'm not doing too good. I need to find a job. And I was like, you know what? I went and talked to the recruiter. And he was yeah. like, oh, man, you know, you can come in as this rank because you got college credits and everything. So... I signed up and joined um, as a military police because I figured, like, okay, I can do that. I can get out and come back home and be a uh, uh, police for Baltimore. My parents disagreed from that. This is the crazy thing. Mm-hmm. My granddad was in the military on mm-hmm. both sides of the family. Both my great-granddad. What branches were they in? You know, Army. Okay. Army. So yeah. my granddad uh, on my mom's side, Korean War, Germany. My granddad on my dad's side, Vietnam. My great-granddad, World War II on my mother's side. Yeah. He died when I was like five or six. Uh, my great-granddad on my dad's side, 
World War II. So, and the list just goes on and on and on and on on military. Um, yeah. And I didn't know this. My dad was the only one male in the family that didn't join the army because he got a uh, felony in high school, so he couldn't join. Uh, yeah. How old is your dad? Is he, was he Vietnam era? So my dad is 60, 60 years old. Oh, so yeah. So yeah. he missed Vietnam. Yeah, he missed Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that's that's when I joined. And um, <clears throat> what, what year was it when you got it? It was 99. So oh, I so joined it was before 9-11. It was before 9-11. So yeah, oh so God. I joined before 9-11. You know, so I was patriotic before nine eleven. So, <laughs> <laughs> what were your what were your thoughts that being in the military when the World Trade Center gets hit? Where, like, where were you at? Oh man, that's a crazy story. Yeah. So September eleventh, uh, two thousand one, uh-huh. I was in Kosovo, at Camp Barnsdale, in the MWR center, on a computer, typing to my. Uh, my ex-wife at the time, just, you know, how yeah. you doing, how the kids doing. And all of a sudden, I heard a siren go off, and everybody's like, run and get your battle rattle, we've been attacked. I shit myself. Like, not literally, but, you know, yeah, yeah, I liter- yeah. not literally, you know, just figuratively. I fucking ran the fastest I ever ran in my life. And then going out of the MWR, I was so fucking nervous and scared. I forgot my rifle. So I had to run back and get my rifle because I was like, how am I going to protect myself? I yeah. thought the base was getting attacked. I get back to the hooch. I'm like, hey, sir, what's up? Uh, do we, what do you need me? He's like, white, where was you at? MWR. That's where I signed up. We getting attacked. I was like, where? New York City. And I was like, not, you know, saying anything wrong, but I ran almost a mile in a full sprint. In uniform, and it's 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 thousands of miles away, so everybody on the base went to uh, Delta Threatcon Delta. Wait, so they they sounded the base alarm? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so every you, base in Kosovo went to de- uh, well, probably because you're yeah, Threatcon you're, Delta. Yeah, yeah, because you were deployed. Yeah, it was crazy, man. And yeah. we were on twenty four hour watch on the perimeter to make sure nobody, because they thought it was going to be a, um, like a, a, a continuous attack. Like they were going to hit the trade centers. Then they was going to start hitting army bases. Then they was going to start hitting um, operational bases around the world. Mm-hmm. So that was the, the, the theory that they had. It makes sense, but that didn't happen. Thank God. So what, what were your thoughts when, when you finally realized this World Trade Center, the, the, the Pentagon and, and United 93 in Pennsylvania, and like, I mean, you're in the military, so you know you're going somewhere, right? Yeah. Like, did they send you... Like, how quick was the turnaround? Oh, man. Jesus Christ. So, it was it was so fast, I didn't get time to really enjoy being back home. So, you know, we finished our rotation in Kosovo yeah. for that deployment. As soon as we got back, after we came back from block leave after three weeks, we got orders to deploy to um, Kandahar, Afghanistan. Kandahar, Afghanistan was like a shithole. It was probably like one of the worst places worst place I've ever been. And um, the Rangers had just jumped in and um, they secured the airfield. And I was part of like QRF and I was part of the uh, convoy, not convoy, uh, patrol unit, area security to keep insurgents from launching missiles and attacking the base around the perimeter. Okay. So we were driving through minefields and like we had a mine hit a vehicle in Kosovo because that was heavily mined. 
between the Albanians and the Serbians. But then in Kosovo and in Afghanistan, one of our vehicles got hit with a mine because they marked the road with the red rocks. So the insurgents would pick up the rocks and move them. Oh, to like get you to go. Yeah, and... so we went into a minefield and oh. one of the vehicles got hit, but nobody got injured. So we had to get out. Okay? Specialist white had to get out. We had to put on the old mine kit yeah. with the beeper that attached to the head. Yeah. Okay? And Specialist White had to sweep for mines yeah. while he's backing the vehicles out, making sure they stay in their tracks. Yeah, talk about pucker factor. <laughs> <laughs> we, My asshole was so di- tight, I could have shit a diamond. Really? That's, yeah, it was, it was serious, man. It was, well, wait, this was right at, this is 2001 or 2002? This was 2002. This was okay. again 2002, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was fucking bad. It was really bad. I know, so you've been to Afghanistan. Have you, did you go to Iraq at all? Yeah, I went to Iraq too, yeah. What was the differences like? I've never been to Iraq. Oh, so man. What was the differences like? Oh, man. So it's night and day. It's, you fighting two types of enemies, man. So, like, um, if anybody's listening been to Iraq, you, you can, can test, uh, attest to this. Um, fighting in Afghanistan, you, you fighting far, you know. You're fighting far away, you know. Uh, it's, it's a linear battle, but you can't really see your enemy. You can see where they're shooting at you from, but you can't really see them. You might see a silhouette, but you can't see them because they, they're shooting at you from another mountainside, launching RPGs from you. And I, Iraq, it's mount. It's military operations and urban terrain. Yeah. You are kicking in doors and smacking whores. You are getting in there. Get the fuck on the ground. You know, put your fucking head. It is, it is crazy because... You can see them. I was in Fallujah in 2004 wow. when they were hanging them Americans off the bridge back in like uh, April or was it April, April or March of 2004. Yeah. We was there. We got, we got sent from uh, Baghdad International Airfield all the way to Fallujah. And that was probably the worst part of my life because we were in a firefight every fucking day the 82nd was there and they were getting their ass kicked the fucking marines were there they were getting their ass kicked it was it was a really bad situation man so one of my buddies um he's a few years older than me but he was in the invasion in 03 right right and he was telling me he did like a 15 month which i knew that they had done 15 months did you ever have to do a 15 month of course yeah i did a 15 month in afghanistan really oh yeah yeah man how how do you do like psychologically like how do you get through something like that dude so the biggest for me the biggest thing was just having my guys like i I was a squad leader okay on my 15 month rotation i was at the with the 173rd airborne brigade combat team best airborne unit united states army hands down yeah most medal of honor recipients most uh combat operational awards you know presidential unit citations hands down um i um you guys, man, like, we hung out. We were so tight with each other. Like, I've never been that comfortable or that tight with a group of guys. Like, it was it was so tight. Like, um, dude, we did everything. We played cards. We, 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 we chipped in and, and bought a satellite from Sweden so we could have internet on our fob <laughs> just to play Call of Duty with guys from another fob and so we could call home and everything like that. And we didn't know we couldn't do that, and they shut it down. So, we, it it was a great time. It was probably the best time. So, if, so your boys got you through it. 
My boys got me through it. Um, you uh, still keep in touch with them today? Of course, of course, man. You That's, got like you, I, I'm guessing you got like a group chat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. we have a group chat. Yeah, we have a group chat. <laughs> I know chat. exactly yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, man. we had a group chat on Facebook. Yeah, uh, and you know, every day somebody chime in, yeah. or say something, and you know, we always have like a good joke, good good time going. It's, yeah, it was a, it was a great time, man. The the best part about it, I'm sure you can relate to this story, but one of my good friends, and he's he's been on the pod, so I'll use his name, but his, he goes by Manny. And, uh, so my brother passes away. Right. And I'm, I'm real sad, obviously. Like I was driving back, I was in Brooklyn when I found out. So I'm driving back to my, my, uh, his apartment on Long Island. And, um, you know, everyone's texting me, but like, I'm kind of in, I'm in a fog, you know, I don't even know what, I don't even know what's going on. I don't even know how I drove home actually. Cause I like wasn't watching the road, you know, <laughs> but I guess, oh, I guess yeah, Jesus been... took the wheel yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like, um, I was on like the belt and stuff, but anyway. So, uh, you know, my buddies, they find out about it and they're like, oh, Mal, you know, I'm sorry, man. So, and my buddy Manny calls me and he's like, he, he called me because I was a platoon leader. So he's like, calls me, sir. He's like, hey, sir. Uh, and you know, I knew that that was just because we, we hadn't called each other by rank and forever. And he's like, hey, sir, you know, I just want to let you know you're one of the strongest guys I know. Like, you'll get through this. Like, you know, if you need anything, let me know. And I was like, thanks, bro. Like, I really appreciated that. I needed, you know, and he's like, yeah, but you're, you're not stronger than me. <laughs> and, dude, I'm telling you, like I, I had, I had like, <laughs> and like then he hung up, and I was just like, it was, it was one of the best, it was like one of the best things, cause like I, I was just in a fight, like I wasn't crying, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't really doing anything, like I was just like a, like a computer that like didn't have a hard drive, yeah, like yeah, I was just yeah, sitting yeah, there, you know, yeah. collecting dust, and like he just said that, and I just started dying laughing, and I, <laughs> I, I, I linked up with my dad, and you know, we went in the apartment and stuff, but yeah, it, it was like, the guys in the, and, and women too in the military, um, you know, they get you through all that stuff, and you know, I, I always encourage people like, you know, don't know what they want to do with their life. I'm like, go, go in the military. And like, they're like, oh, you know, I don't want to be in the, I don't want to get hurt. I'm like, you're in the Navy or the Air Force, yeah. you know? And like, just travel the world. Yeah. Make friends that, like, I have friends from, I mean, Baltimore, we probably could have ran into each other. That's not yeah. too far from New York. Yeah. But I got buddies in LA, um, Austin, like, play all over the, all over the, all over the world. Like, I know dudes from Micronesia. I didn't even know oh, it's yeah. a country. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My son is actually in the Air Force. He just yeah. graduated from... Oh, I, I saw yeah, that. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you, dude. Thank you. Yeah, man. I'm fucking super proud of... My, my wife and I, we're super proud of this young man. He is like... He didn't join the army. You know, I, it's a little bit of like... But I'm happy with his decision that he made. And career-wise. Yeah, career-wise. What, yeah, what, what, what do you pick for a job? So he's a um, computer systems repair technician for the u.s air force intercontinental ballistic missiles that basically pretty serious yeah basically yeah oh, yeah. Gonna be knocking on my door. <laughs> yeah man there's gonna be an indictment like i'm trump oh man it was it was crazy <laughs> we get there and we take photos behind these three little like they like bullets and i was like hey you know son what are these he's like oh dad these are actual uh, dummy rounds of nuclear warheads. I was like, holy shit. Well, how big are they? They're not big. They're like three feet tall. See? Yeah. It's not the size. That's 
that's good. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate. Yeah, it. I've been oh, yeah. I've been putting out some some heat tonight. Yeah, yeah. man, yeah. you should do stand up. I've done come. it before. Yeah, that's but, why you told me that. Yeah, yeah, but the reason I didn't get I, I like doing the podcast better, and I'm not knocking comedy at all. But for me, I went in like a really dark place, and my humor was like borderline. Like oh, people were laughing, oh. but they were also like, "Oh my god, I can't believe he just said." Like one of the jokes I made was like, you know, like. When, like you know, when when you lose somebody close to you, like yeah. everybody's calling people you haven't talked yeah. to in like twenty years. You don't of actually care about you, but they yeah. just want to check the box. Yeah, they or do yeah. a photo of yeah. like you know they have a picture of like you know them, and then like in the background, my brother drinking at the water yeah. fountain. It's like we were best friends in high school. Yeah. I miss you, bro. Yeah. So I was like, you know, you, you get all these people calling and stuff, and I was like, it really started to piss me off. So I just start saying like, oh no, it's fine, Rob. You know, he was uh, taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> and like people afterwards were like, dude, you're pretty funny, but like, are you okay? You know, like I'm just. Get hammered and get up there and be like, give me this microphone. <laughs> I'd be like, my mom died. That, that was, and people would be like laughing. I'm like, no, that's that's serious. That's not a joke. <laughs> so, so I stopped doing it. I don't have to get back oh, into man. it, but oh, I, got, I had to get myself right. Did people come up to you and be like, hey, I'm sorry after the show or say stuff to you? Like, like hey, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry for your loss? Um, no, they mostly came up to me. And they would just be like, dude, that was hilarious. But, like, they would also be like, are you all right? You know? Oh, and then, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and yeah. so, and even, like, I'd send it to my friends and stuff. They'd be like, dude, like, nothing you said there wasn't, was really a joke. Like, it's all true stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, I, and that's true. Most comedians, yeah. comedy. Well, most comedians test pretty high in, like, yeah. psychopathy. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. <that's>, uh, <laughs> I'm sure you're good, though. <laughs> That's right. I have a theory that I'm only friends with uh, disordered people, so... <laughs> They say like uh, like liked minds attract. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I, I would I, I laugh. I'll probably laugh at like any joke you say. That's like important. Like some people are like I can't believe you said that. I'd be like say more. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So I fucking love when, it. When's your next uh, When's your next act? Are you so, on Instagram? How do you How do you share your comedy? I know a lot of so comedians. So I I have two two sets on on YouTube. I, I don't share a lot of my content because. Um, Somebody stole one of stole one of my jokes. What? Yeah. Who? So I, I don't oh. know the guy's name, but he 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 used my same joke in the same context. Well, you anything way, I said on this? Yeah. Feel free to use. Oh, thank you, yeah. thank you, thank yeah. you. I'll, I'll plug you into it. Yeah, so that's I'll fine. That's in. fine. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I, I stopped doing that. So just the two videos I have on there. All the other videos I took them down. I just I save them on my private server. Yeah. Um, but what my ne- my next big show is in May. It's in Orange Park. Florida. Uh, I said a comedy club it was in May. I think May nineteenth. It's on a Saturday. And um, when I get the details, all the details, the time, and everything, I'll, I'll shoot you that. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you want to put it out. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'll let you know, man. It, it'd be good to have you there in the audience. You know. Yeah. No. You. So I. I, I don't know the sci- scientific words you were using for when you said you were in college and you were working on. Like the oral or whatever. Yeah. So but you got to say like for in simple in simpler terms. It's okay. Sad. So mouth. So from mouth cancer all the way down to butt cancer. So yeah. everything, everything from throat cancer to stomach cancer. Yeah. To intestinal cancer to. Well, cancer isn't funny. Yeah, but cancer. You could yeah. use that ass yeah. to mouth yeah. joke. Yeah. That's funny. So I it's actually. Cancer funny, yeah, actually. I've actually used that ass to mouth. Really. In, in one of my. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. So like, um, I got I went in for my first physical when I retired from the army. Yeah. And my doctor was like, hey, you know, Mr. White, you're at the age where you got to get a colonoscopy. Yeah. And I was like, a colonoscopy? What is that, doctor? And he was like, oh, you don't know what that is? That's when we're going to take a tube with a camera, and we're going to stick it up your ass, and then down your throat. And oh, that my is, God. Yeah. So I was like, so you're going to go ass the mouth? You see, I, 
Yeah. No, if you if I go to your comedy show yeah. and you, I'm gonna die laughing at that. But then I said, um, well. Am I going to be awake for that? He's like, no, we're going to put you to sleep. You're not going to re- remember a thing. So I was like, sounds a lot like Bill Cosby now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, I do have. You're pretty chill, so hopefully this doesn't give you trouble to you. But do you find it ironic your last name is is white? Um, no, no, no? I don't know. You know, so, when people call you Mr. White, you no, no. So my to... grandfather, so both my parents are biracial. Oh, really? Yeah, both my parents are half black, half white. I yeah. didn't know that. That's why I got the good hair. <laughs> <laughs> so you go to Supercuts or what? No. <laughs> you don't go. To, you I go have, to the hair cutter. You got to, what, do you have to go to a barber though? I cut my own hair. I've been cutting my own hair. Really? In the, yeah, in the army. What do you just do? Is the same number? Like a one or whatever? no? No, I fade the side. I taper the sides. I can do a fade. You do a fade yourself? Yeah, I can do it myself. Yeah. Who are you? I'm uh, a bohemian. Um, Wait, how how do you do that though? Like, how so do you line yourself up? I I don't want to waste the time on a podcast. Is you this wasting? I do. Okay, I feel okay, like this is... okay, okay. So this is how you do it. If anyone know yeah, how to fake yourself, for myself, this is yeah. how you do it. Okay, first thing you want to do is when you want, whenever you want to do a fade, if you want to do a ball fade or you want to do a shadow fade, mm. first thing you got to do is establish your base. So once you establish your base. You have to cut up to the edge you want to fade. So for mine, it's at the temple where I want to fade right here. Okay. So I fade. I, sh- I come all the way up here, yeah. bald right here. Yeah. Then once I go here, I go over the top with a three. Then on the sides, I hit the sides and the top edge with a two. Yeah. Okay. And then with the two, I go to a one. Okay. Now with the one, what I do is I open the guard. So you need an attachable... Uh, Head on the clippers, the one with the adjustable head. Yeah. So you got to put a one on it. You have to open it all the way up so that the blade goes all the way up, right? Yeah. Then you shade, you fade to really low. Zero yeah. to the one. So yeah. That and then it. and yeah, and then it blends but it. But how all do you way. do the back of your head, though? The, I use two mirrors. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just use two mirrors, and um, that's that's how I do it. So, the thing is, you have to become proficient at, it. at anything you do. It just takes. Practice. Was, it, was there some trial and error with that? Did you so, have some bad oh, haircuts? Man, like, man, I feel like you can't think. just jump so in with a good fir- fade. Yeah, so I can't. So the first time I actually tried it was in high school yeah. for yearbook photos. Oh, that's yes. a bad time. What were yeah. you thinking? Yeah, I was in 10th grade, and my mother, she did not give me the money to get a haircut. And then when she got home from work to give me the money for a haircut, the barbershop was already closed. Oh. Yeah, so I went and borrowed clippers from my friend, and yeah. I said, I'm going to just cut myself a fade. It don't look that hard. <laughs> and I shaved the ball spot in my head. So I, <laughs> I went to school the next day with a bald head. Well, you didn't just shave. Oh, you shaved the whole head. The whole thing. head. Say, the if you whole, went with a bald spot, yeah, that's the, on you. I shaved the whole head. I did not want to be in the yearbook with a, with a bald spot. So then <laughs> next thing I know, yeah. everybody's looking at me. They was like, who is that? That's Alvin? Alvin. Oh, my God. Your head looked like shaved monkey nuts. So then, like, the whole year, everybody was calling me, like, sacks. And because, <laughs> yeah, so, like... We came back the next year. I, I never shaved my head again. And, you know, that was it. I just stayed going to the barb shop. But then when I joined the Army on deployment. Oh, yeah, they, they welcome you with that. Yeah, they welcome me. Yeah. Do you but, look good bald? No, no. Yeah. No, I don't have the head for it. Me neither. So no. that, I've been using Rogaine since I was like really? 23. Shut up. I swear on my life. Really? Yeah. But this is it. Look at that. It's not bad, right? No, it looks good. The hairline's it's falling back a little yeah. bit. It's kind of like global warming. but. <laughs> 
Like, like I'm doing my part. I'm driving, I'm driving an electric vehicle. I turn my air <laughs> But yeah, because yeah, I always get people, I'm sure this happens to you too, but people are always like, what are you, like 25, 26? Yes. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah. I am. They yeah. see, but they see the gray on mine. Yeah, but this, I got that too. This, I got a little bit of gray on the side. But the this is funny. Is yeah. No men in my family are bald. Really? None. See, my dad, I hope he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> He, he he gets a haircut every week. Oh man, so he, he's been cutting dreams for like decades. Like, really? He's like, yeah, I got to get a haircut. And like, my brother in law is like, what? What's he get? Like, he pays for that? Like, he's he's almost completely bald. Like, oh really? Yeah. <laughs> and he goes and he sits down and he talks to the guy Anthony and he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm gonna be up there for about thirty minutes. And I'm like, what? How does that take thirty minutes? Hold up, hold up, wait, 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 wait. But in your dad's defense, I will say this. Yeah. Going to the barber shop is an experience. Yeah, maybe that's it. It, maybe it, that's it is it. an experience because thing, it's it's an experience. Yeah. You get the barber in in a, now now traditionally in the black community, the barber has always been like the black therapist. Yeah. He's been the guy <laughs> to have all the hookups for all the clothes, shoes, illegal cable, now <laughs> illegal fire sticks, like anything you need. Oh yeah, fire yeah, sticks. You, yeah. Now, yeah, now. Yeah. It's the fire sticks, the fake joy, any fake jewelry, anything you need from a barber, you can go get it from him yeah. now. And that's how it's been growing up in Baltimore, you know. So yeah. like maybe I don't think he's getting like fire sticks, but maybe it's just the experience because everybody. Well, they know they used to have DVDs at barbershops. Yeah, they used to have DVDs, yeah, clothes, yeah. T-shirts. Yeah, it's an experience. So who yeah. knows? I don't know. Maybe your dad's in there buying Fubus or something. Buying fake jewelry. That would, I'll tell you what, if, I, if he tells me, like, he's like, oh, listen, I, that's why I go to the barbershop, I would die laughing. So, that's funny. So, you, you, you kind of got rid of that experience if you're doing it yourself. Yeah, I do it myself. So, you, you got, like, an alter ego? You talk to him when you get a haircut? So, no. So, when I when I cut my hair, like, I usually let my wife look at it. I let her yeah. look. I'm like, oh, she's like, oh, yeah, I like it like that. I'm like, no, I keep it like this. I'm going to cut it down some more or I'm going to cut it off. And she's like, oh, why are you going to do that? I like it like that. I like it like that. Yeah. You know, sometimes, like, I won't do it intentionally, but it's like, it's almost like I'm going against my wife. Yeah. Like, if yeah. I cut a regular, she'd be like, I like that. Or, I was like, no, yeah. I'm going I'm to cut a fade. Yeah. So, yeah. Or maybe she she knows it looks bad. She's just trying to make. Uh, sure. <laughs> She's like, "You look great, sweetheart." Then you walk around like like all uneven. Like girls are like, "Ew," you know. But she knows she's safe. <laughs> and it it surprises people that I cut hair too. Yeah. My no, I, I mean I've I've given myself like a, a crew cut. Yeah. Like during COVID, like, yeah. like I was I was deployed, so I had I just did a crew cut and stuff. No, no, I fade. I shape myself up. My cousin uh, boyfriend just came down. He's a truck driver, and he found out I live in Jacksonville from my yeah. aunt, my cousin mother. So he came to my house, and dude, his hair was bad. He was he was woofing, and I didn't, <laughs> really, I didn't, I didn't recognize him. I was yeah. like, I was like, Michi. He's like, Hey, what's up, man? I was like, Dude, I didn't even recognize because he had like a beard. It was just his hair was. I was like, yeah. He was at a house. I was like, You need a haircut. He's like, yeah, I do, man. He's like, you know anybody cut hair? I was like, I cut. He's like, you cut? I was like, yeah. yeah. And I cut his hair. He picked the mirror up and looked at himself in the mirror. This is his exact words. He looked at himself. He was like, damn, yeah. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's so true. When you, get, 
when you get a good haircut, like the next day, like yeah, yeah, you, you, you're just looking at yourself in the mirror, yeah. like touching your hair. Like, he was in the mirror in the bathroom yeah. looking at himself, like, yeah, man, look good. Yeah. You're like, the how star of your own yeah. movie that day. He was like, how much I owe you? I was like, it's all good, man. We family. He's like, oh, I want to give you something, man. I was like, nah. <laughs> you know, like when he insists on paying yeah. you, it's a good haircut. Like, yeah, he's still talking. I'll tell you what, if like, you get messed up. Yeah, he, yeah, he would. You can't talk to that person ever my, again. My wife even told him he had a good haircut. She's like, "Oh, your hair look good," and he's like, "Damn, it must have been that bad." She's like, "Yeah, I just know last time <laughs> he looked really neat, and then to, when I see you this time, not so neat." You know? yeah. Oh, that's yeah. hilarious, man. Uh, I got a weird transition, but uh, it just came to me. I'm on a keto diet right now. Okay, have you, have you ever done it? Yeah, yeah. My wife and I we did it in Italy. What'd you think? Um, well, so, you can't do it in Italy. There's pasta everywhere. Yeah. You well, might make it, a left and pasta hits you in the so face. So we did it during COVID because okay. we couldn't leave the house. We couldn't go to the gym. We couldn't go outside to work out. You know, that so, was the most frustrating part yeah, about COVID so, was closing the gym. Oh, yeah. I was like, Everything what? was – you couldn't go outside and run at all. I couldn't. What? Even, couldn't run? No. Not on base. We lived on oh, base. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, we got, we we got there yeah, yeah. on COVID. And we was like, we might as well just stay on base because they have everything. And off base – and if you lived in an Italian community, you couldn't leave the house. Only one person could leave. Both of y'all couldn't leave. Cool. Italy got hit real hard because oh, they man. had a lot of old people. Dude, so I worked so tomato and two people in my office died. I didn't take I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a tell you this. I did not take COVID serious. I thought Me it was neither. bullshit. Yeah. I thought it was a joke. Well, I knew I was jacked and young. So. Yeah. 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 I was like, I'm not dying from this. Yeah. Like, I knew that. I was like, I could probably die from something else, yeah. but not this. Yeah. You know? That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was like, let me see. I was 30, 40, 40, 40 years old. When COVID happened. Yeah. And um, we got called in one week. And when we went in, they was like, this person died and this person died. And I was like, I just seen those motherfuckers last week. It is really weird. Um, when you Have you ever, like, not known someone super well? Yeah. But, like, like you work with them or whatever and they email you and then you find out that they died. But, Dude, like, it was, weeks later and then you was, read, like, their email. It was, and yeah. And it's, like, yeah, the same day they yeah. died. Trigger it triggered yeah, me. It, it, yeah, it's really creepy. No, I don't want to say creepy, but it's really weird because I'm like, this was their last day, and I was like asking them like where we get more toilet paper. You know? <laughs> like, 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 you know, and I was mad she didn't answer. Oh yeah, dude, it was a, it was a chick from Canada, and it yeah. was a dude from uh, I think it was like France. It was France, yeah. and they both were my age. They both one was forty one, one was forty. And they both was in good shape because I would see them in the gym yeah. at the NATO base. Yeah. Walking around, you know, doing NATO stuff. So it was it was it was a shocker. But yeah, keto diet, crazy, crazy initially when we first started, the the crash. Like I think it's called the keto oh, the cold. Tired, tired? Yeah, it's yeah, like the keto like cold. Yeah. I was sneezing a lot. Dude, but it worked because like we couldn't take a PT test. So they would schedule appointments for us to do height and weight. So I went and did height and weight because people was like, like gain a lot of weight. And I was starting to major, didn't want nobody to get fat. I was like, how are we going to work out? You know, people like, you got to do PRT in your room. Yeah. So I went and did height and weight. I lost like 20 pounds on the keto diet. Well, so I'm doing it. I'm down from like 180 to 170 right now. Okay, that's good. Yeah. How long have you been doing it for though? About a month. Oh, that's... Have you went back to carbs or anything? No. Although... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you and anybody who's listening that last night I, I, had, a, I had peanut butter M&M's. <laughs> I, 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 could, 
Dude, I was so hungry, and I was like, I was like thinking about all the stuff I'm not doing. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm gonna have some peanut butter M and M's. Like, and I did. I had the bag, and then I passed out right here, like fully clothed. I guess because I hadn't eaten like that in forever. Oh man! And I woke yeah. up with like chocolate on my face, <laughs> and, like, and like in my clothes, and I was like, I was like, you know, like this is crazy, like. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a really bad hangover, but it was from eating peanut butter M and M's. So I, got, I walked upstairs with my shoes, like doing the walk of shame, yeah, 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 like brushing my brushing teeth. Shit. I can't even look at myself in the mirror. You know? <laughs> so yeah, that's funny. I, I can imagine if I did that, fell asleep and woke up with chocolate on my face. Yeah, I would go to the bathroom and be like, "Did you like that chocolate whore? <laughs> Look it up with chocolate." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like you know what I'm talking about. Like, no matter how like jacked I yeah, am, I'm yeah. always like looking in the mirror, like you disgust me. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and I also like whenever I'm walking around, like me and my buddy would drive around Manhattan, and he'd always be like, "Check out her," and I'd be like, "Dude, check out the calves on that guy." Oh, and he'd, he'd be like, oh, he'd be like, oh what is so, wrong with you? And so I'd be like, I do that. Yeah, I do that exactly. I was like, dude, nothing he, gay. It's not gay. Nothing, nothing no, wrong with no, being no, gay. No, I'm like, there's yeah, nothing yeah. gay about checking no, dudes out. Yeah, I do that. I do that on Instagram with haircuts and at the gym. When I see a guy that's jacked, I'm like, dude, you jacked as fuck. Yeah. And he's like, thanks, yeah. thanks, bro. Exactly. You know? They dap him up and yeah. that's that. It's, that's it's, it. It's nothing gay about it. Yeah, it's weirder to a, say something to a woman than it is yeah. to a fellow dude. I'm not going to walk up to him like, hey, your glutes are <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, no. But I'm totally going to tell yeah. a dude his glutes yeah. look great. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you uh, use the glute machine at the gym? She loves it. Do you love it? Uh, it's, know, I use it. I, it's so, really good. I'm a big squatter. I love to squat. Yeah, because uh, I'm a big CrossFit CrossFit guy. Well, you I know love... how someone you know how you know someone does CrossFit, right? How do you know? They tell you twice. <laughs> <laughs> I like to do that for Marines too. Oh yeah, dude, Marines always love to tell you they're yeah, Marines. Yeah, I'm a Marine. Yeah, yeah I'm so, like, dude, yeah, yeah I know yeah. you. Your hat said it. Your yeah. shirt said yeah. it. Like yeah. your license plate. <laughs> love it. I love Marines though. Thank you for your service, Marines out there. I have a great Marine joke if we have time for it. Yeah, no, we do. Yeah. So I was on a mission in Iraq one time. Okay. And it was like a special op mission. And we had a, a Navy SEAL with us. We had a Force Recon Marine. Yeah. And it was a couple Green Berets. Okay. So, and then you had like my squad of military police. So we're in like the coolots, like in the like building compound where like all these terrorists and Taliban. So then we got a radio call that like a battalion sized element was moving, bounding up to our position. They told us to take cover so we had to find and hunker down they told us to get in the building because we were the lighter element and we yeah. weren't as well trained as them so then like by the time they come in everybody's hidden <laughs> everybody's hidden i was like Wait, and i'm looking out of like a little asshole okay out the building and i see like nobody and i start seeing all these insurgents coming so they go over to the barrel and it's like a barrel with bars so they kick it right like that yeah and the barrel's like like oh it's just just a barrel of fucking turkeys so the fucking insurgents they keep walking by it so they see like this metal cage with like a cloth over it okay. so like they kick it like 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 what the fuck is in there and like bah! okay so the navy sails you know he said bad i was like oh it's just some fucking sheep yeah so they see all these sacks over on the ground so i was like what the fuck is all these desertions i'm like man we're gonna die yeah. they go over to it and they fucking kick the sacks like kicking it like that right yeah and the Marine, Force Recon Marine goes, potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the <laughs> You know what, you know what, the, um, like the, the military jokes are funny and stuff, but the, 
so there's this dude and we're like going around like they're like oh you know was anybody in the service and like you know people raise their hands like this is another job i had right and like you know you raise your hands and they're like oh what branch were you in one guy's like marines one guy's like navy the guy's like i was a pilot in the air force i was like oh i was in the army and then they're like what about you in the back with your hand up and he was like oh i was in the coast guard like the <laughs> You know, like, I get your reaction, but, like, you know, it's all, like, it's serious. Like, it's yeah. Like a, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, like, it's, like, this little lady, and she's, like, oh, so no. And, like, she was serious. And, like, he was, like, pretty upset about it. He was, like, you know, like, that was kind of unnecessary and stuff. Oh and she's, God. like, she's, like, well, I'm just saying, like, you know, like, what did you, what does, like, the Coast Guard do, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I just felt so bad for this dude, because he had, like, Coast Guard pin and stuff. <laughs> That's so funny, yeah. man. It's not, that's not I even a joke. It's a yeah. real story. Oh, wow. But that's still a funny story. So, like, a few weeks later, like, some different speaker comes in to talk to, and he's like, he's like, is anybody in the veteran? And this dude didn't raise his hand this time. Like, he was traumatized from it. So, oh, crazy. Man. I, um, so my son, like, uh, yeah. while we were in the military, we got a little bit of time. He told me, like, while we were there uh, at his graduation, he was like, hey, dad, what do you guys call each other? In the army, like your buddies, I was like, "Oh, we're calling battle buddies, son." Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "What do you guys call each other in the air force?" He was like, "Wingman." I was like, "But you guys are not pilot." He was like, "Yeah, but that's what everybody calls us." Wingman. Yeah, yeah. And then my friend Jason was with us, and uh, he's in the navy. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "What do you, what do you guys call? You know, what do you guys call each other? Like uh, butt buddies or whatever like that?" <laughs> and he's like, "No, Alvin, it's ass pirates." <laughs> I thought that was funny. So, yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, well, man. I genuinely appreciate you coming out, and being on the pod. It means a lot to me. Um, and you know, I, I, I'm gonna. So, like, I was talking about you. So, I, I'll call the episode Alvin. You know, next time you're on, I, I'm gonna use Roman numerals Alvin too. Um, but then I'll send it to you. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. And then I'll, you know, I'll link it on my Instagram. But I appreciate it, brother. Thank, Thank you, you man. Much. Thank you. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Anything else? Yeah, man. If you want to check me out, check oh. me out on uh, YouTube. That's AL328I. That's my handle on YouTube. And if you want to see any of my content. Thank you. Oh, I'll tell my friends that. I'll get you because uh, they'll ask me about it. Like, they all, like, message me. If I ever have a girl along, they're like, yo, is she hot? Yeah. <laughs> If it's a dude, they're like, yo, that was really cool that he was like a truck driver. Yeah. But if it's a chick, they're like, yo, is she hot? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody.